League for Sports Illustrated. Do you think there will be playoffs? Ken Miller. Trent. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning and welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you here as we talk the world of sports. Of course, a limited menu of sports to get into here today, but we're going to find a way. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list this morning, it'll be Alex Halstead from CycloneAlert.com coming your way at 1030. A breakdown, three transfers in the last week from the Iowa State basketball program. What that means, roster flexibility now. For Steve Prohm going forward in that program that certainly needs an infusion of talent. What Prohm's going to be able to do here this spring and these wild times that we're living in. The 11 o'clock hour, our deep dive today is going to take us to 2009-2010, the UNI basketball team. The Panthers made the run to the Sweet 16, the victory against Kansas, the win before that against UNLV in the first round. That came down to the wire. It was a lay for Opaneshin, that one, that got it done before the matchup. In the Sweet 16 with Michigan State, we'll look back, we'll talk about the season as a whole, and do that at 11 o'clock, followed by Ali Farouk-Manesh. Yes, he's going to join us here on the program today at 11.20 as we look back at that season. Ken Miller joining us from Ankeny. Ken, good morning to you. How are things? Good morning, Trent. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Can't complain. It's uh, It's been a, a wild week, certainly, as we're working our way through this, figuring some things out, and... And your uh, technology advancement continues. You got this app on your phone now. You're coming through crystal clear. And now you also have earbuds as you can just sit there hands-free and do the program from your home. Pretty good work there. Yeah, look at the old man, right, catching up with the rest of the world (laughs) technology-wise. No, it's uh, it's great. This app is terrific, and it's going to uh, obviously make it easier for, um, you know, for me to be heard and, you know, in these times, and everybody's going to handle it the way that they're going to handle it. But this app that we downloaded, Trent, I have a feeling that there's going to be a whole bunch of radio people in the days, weeks to come that find this thing that Andrew Downs alerted me to and hooks it up. And Because a lot of folks will be doing their shows, not from in studios, but uh, from in the comforts and in the safety, more, so than, more importantly, than the comfort of their own home. Well, uh, with everything going on in the world away from sports happening right now, you know, we've talked about some things that we're going to do and helping spotlight some local restaurants that are out there. But uh, before we get into what we're doing here on Miller & Condon, Central Iowa to go. The powers of be here at KXNO and iHeartMedia. They went out and they have a running list here of different restaurants across the area that are still offering to-go services, curbside delivery, and the like. So you can go to KXNO.com. It's right up there on the front page. You can find this list of places that you can go and places to help support during this time, get takeout, get a good dinner out of it, get some good meals maybe going forward like you like to do in stockpiling things. Great thing and the idea that came from downstairs of getting this out there and getting these names of these restaurants trying to stay viable during this tough time. No, Trent, everybody's got to pitch in and do their part, and uh, to no surprise, uh, you know, uh, I Heart Des Moines is, uh, is doing, you know, what they can to to help publicize some of these places. And you and I are going to take this even one step further. We're going to, beginning next Tuesday, uh, make it possible for some of those small restaurant owners uh, to actually come on our show. And we're going to do restaurant radio, right, for 
a couple of times a week, at least in the beginning, we're going to, you know, try and line up 10 or 12 restaurants, uh, give you two minutes airtime. We'll have you talk about your restaurant. We'll have you talk about where you're located, how people can get a hold of you to place a take order, a takeout order, the hours that you're going to be making that service available. And, you know, we'll go from, it's kind of going to be like Trent, honestly, I liken this to, uh, football Friday nights when, you know, you're in studio and you're navigating all of the, the games that are unfolding. I remember there were times that we had 12 games going on live and, you know, we had all these reporters in the queue and we'd go from one stadium to the next and get an update. Well, instead of doing it that way, we're going to go from one restaurant owner to the next restaurant owner. And, and this is free, folks. This is absolutely free. It's made possible by, by some folks that, um, been very good to Trent and myself, included at the top of that list, the good folks at Nitmic. Uh, Trent and I, uh, in lieu of compensation, are um, allotted a certain number of commercials, and those commercials for a number of them, when we approach businesses, they said, look, we don't need advertising for our business. Why don't you give them away to charity endeavors, to fundraising endeavors? And, you know, if you've listened to our show and if you've, and if you listen to iHeart regularly, you've probably over, since you and I have come back into the building, heard significantly more uh, public service announcements. And that's part of the, you know, of what we receive. And then in turn, and I think, how many is it, Trent? We probably, we're over 50 different charities that we've worked with over the years. And, you know, in the beginning, and we try to, to this day, to, you know, to stay true to this motto, if you will, you know, we're we're reaching people that don't have an advertising budget, Mm -hmm. you know, that work just as hard to raise funds for you know whatever their charity is there's we've got probably a handful of them uh that do this in in memory of a friend of a family member uh and then you know for instance we had one last uh, last year at otter creek golf cars the danny hagan foundation and this thing just completely blew up they had to reach out to otter creek and you know, uh, secure more tea times because people that, you know, they didn't know who Danny Hagen was, but they heard the commercial mm-hmm. on our show or on one of the other stations. They thought that this is a really good, it was his, uh, that causes pancreatic cancer. Uh, the fish fry that we, that we were able to help out last year in Norwalk with the Knights of Columbus, their numbers went through the roof. So you and I are fortunate that we've got uh, some companies out there that l- want to support you and I but don't need advertising for their company and have asked us to, you know, just use those spots to help the community, to help central Iowa. So next week, uh, if you're a restaurant owner and we're going to do this Tuesdays and Thursdays with the ability to expand, because it's not like we're missing sports, sadly. Right. Um, so in these times, we're going to, you know, reach out. And if you're, if you have said business, my email is kenmillershow at gmail.com. That was the email I used when we were up the dial. Uh, we don't have emails because we're not iHeart employees. So, again, I will say this a number of times today and a number of times on Monday, but starting at 10.30 on Tuesday until about maybe quarter after 11, we will uh, allow you to come on, sing the praises of your restaurant, tell us how you're trying to get through these times, and we'll do this for absolutely free, no cost to you. If you're a small restaurant, if you're a good-sized restaurant, I don't care. We want to help as many people as we possibly can. KenMillerShow at gmail.com. Uh, just you know, put your put your restaurant name in the uh, in the subject. Put a phone number where we can reach you. 
We will then, you know, put them all together, work on a spreadsheet. We'll get the numbers to uh, to Trent, and he can bing, bang, boom, get them on the air. And uh, you know, we'll try and do our part in addition to what the uh, what iHeart Des Moines is doing to try and make this, um, you know, somewhat palatable for everybody to come through this and to maybe make it out as unscathed as possible. I mean, look, that's crazy to say everybody's got to pay a price and will pay a price, uh, but we're going to do our best to try and help some of these and to publicize some of the hardworking people uh, that are up against it here in central Iowa. And if you have the opportunity coming up this weekend, if you have a chance, you got the extra dough in your pocket, go out and support these restaurants and, and hit them up and, and get get some good food for your Friday night, a Saturday night, whatever it may be, because... These are the places that are going to need it. Just staying afloat. I talked to a couple of restaurant owners yesterday just about this very fact, and they're they're trying to figure out a way and trying to see if it's going to be viable for them and for them to stay open during this time. If, if people aren't ordering, of course, they're not going to stay open. They're not going to have cooks in the kitchen. They're not going to have people taking the orders out, whatever it may be. So in order to do this, also, if you can, do your part Support these restaurants, the great ones, the locally owned restaurants, everybody that is out there. It's something that we can do. If you can do it, absolutely try this weekend to make that happen. Get them through the weekend, and then we'll see. And we'll see where things are as we go into next week. But, Ken, as we've talked about, this is not something that is days. This is not something that is weeks. This is something that is going to extend for a very long time. How it impacts the world of sports. When we're going to see sports the next time, it remains the great unknown. It does, Trent, and I mean, I'm there, there's really no one that can accurately pinpoint as to, well, Major League, I, I, I saw, I think it was Ronicky from the White Sox uh, mentioned that he thinks that uh, Major League teams are going to need three weeks of spring training before the season is able to commence. And, you know, who knows if that's the right number and who knows when that three weeks is going to begin or if it will begin. I saw that uh, um, the Chris Connolly from the Iowa Events Center uh, and Tommy Birch's piece at the register said that they're taking the ice out of Wells Fargo Arena. Look, the, the NHL is, is, I think, they think that they're going to try and make the best of this and come back in the month of August to play a limited amount of games to wrap up the season and then do the playoffs in September, award the Stanley Cup in the beginning of October. Well, if they're not going to come back until August, there's no way that the AHL is going to join them. I mean, it just financially doesn't make sense for that to happen. So I know that the AHL came out early in the week and said that they're on hold, that there's been no decision at this point. But Chris Conley, look, they can always put the ice back in. Mm-hmm. They're taking the ice out. And uh, I, I have to think, sadly, that the that the Iowa Wild and the entire league, the AHL, their season is probably going to uh, be shelved, just similar to what the USHL was earlier in the week when the Des Moines Buccaneers and their league folded up uh, for the remainder of the season. So who knows, Trent? It's the great unknown, and it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, we talked about this a, a little bit on the NBA side of things, about what this is going to do to the calendar for the, the following season, however this plays out. The possibility of the NBA changing the way their calendar works and going, and instead of playing games and getting started in October, pushing things back. November is when you go through preseason, kicking the season off with Christmas. You're not buttoning up against bas- against football then early on for the NBA do you think there's going to be more calendars? And to your beloved hockey, would it make sense for them going forward? And we're talking a couple of years maybe down the line, but shifting that calendar at all, does that make sense for hockey? 
Well, I think it makes more sense for the NBA than it does for the NHL. Um, and, and the reason I say that is, is the NBA and the NFL are, are, are right at the top, right? When they look, the NFL is on a different, it's on a plane all by themselves, but the, the NBA is kind of out of sight, out of mind. Where, mm-hmm. where I'm going here is the NHL's got an entire country. You know, that sadly the border, I mean, whoever thought this, right? The border between the United States and Canada is closed. It's just, it's just crazy to think that the world's longest border is now closed. Um, but, but hockey's got Canada. And, and I think for that reason, I think that they would probably be fine starting in October. But as we speculated regarding the NBA trend, I think it makes a ton of sense. I really do. There was owners that before, uh, the coronavirus hit the way that it did. We're actually thinking that this is the prudent decision to make, that we need to do this at some point in the future. We need to push back until Christmas Day because Christmas Day is, you know, we joke about it, it's opening day of the NBA, but actually the NBA's been going on for probably six weeks, seven weeks prior to getting, or longer than that, for a couple of months. So I, I think that uh, sports calendars are certainly going to change once we get through this. You know, uh, another one that I have certainly beat my chest about is NCAA wrestling. And I've been told by people in the know, Cody Goodwin, among others, in the wrestling community, I've always said it makes perfect sense, at least to me, when you're looking to build that sport. NCAA wrestling is an incredible event. Watching it, watching the way it pops on television during the tournament, it's a huge deal. But it's covered up. It's covered up by the NCAA men's basketball tournament. It's even covered up by NCAA women's basketball tournament that's also on ESPN. I've always been a big advocate of shifting the schedule back a month. We're not talking about drastic change. We're not talking about making a change that's suddenly going to, to make it a completely different sport and way, the way that it's run. But move that thing back. Weekend after the Final Four, Masters are going on. Weekend after that, what do you have? Week two of the baseball schedule, that's about it. If you're looking for a place mm-hmm. in the sports calendar where you can spotlight, you can build, and you can make a sport of wrestling, that is incredibly fun to watch, and I think you can get a lot more casual fans involved into it. That makes a lot of sense. I know the Olympic calendar throws things off, U.S. Olympic trials, those type of things that are part of the wrestling calendar also would have to shift about it. But we're talking about a sport that was also almost taken away from the Olympics, and for all intents and purposes, would have been a death knell for the sport of wrestling. You're looking to build. You're looking to grow. Yeah, are you going to ruffle some feathers? Are you going to hurt internationally the wrestling scene? Maybe you will. But if you're talking about your sport and the importance of what it is, and that's to grow the sport here, that's something I think that needs to happen too. It needs to be even deeper. And and this goes across leagues. Everybody now, every sports league needs to reevaluate exactly what they are in terms of game schedule, in terms of the way they do things. Because the world, when we get back to normal, it's going to be a different world we're living in. Trent, it's a perfect time to, to at least put these discussions on the table, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, every, everything is on hold. Now's the time that, and I'm not saying get in a boardroom all together and hash this up, but <laughs> right. do it via video conferencing or whatever. But now's the time that you should be thinking about some of these ideas. You, the, you've got really nothing else to prepare for. Everything's on hold. If you've, you know, there's there's nothing, there's no such thing as a bad idea at this point. I think you throw it out there. I think you open it up for discussion. Maybe you'll hit on something that, you know, other people, had, some of them had been thinking of or, well, I hadn't thought of that. You know what? That makes a ton of sense. Why don't we pursue this even further? So, and and to re- wrestling's a perfect example of, 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 of that. I think the NBA and wrestling are two really good examples of that. 
because I think you you want to stay away from March Madness. You're going to be overshadowed. There's no ifs, ands, or uh, doubts about it. Um, as you mentioned, baseball is in. They haven't even played double-digit games in a 162-game series. It's not like you're going to, you know, bump up against Game Seven and Game Eight of of a uh, of a long of, of a long season. So now's the time to be thinking about some of these things. There's no doubt. All right, uh, we do have some news actually to talk about. It's from yesterday, but. Another transfer from Iowa State basketball. We have oh Alex Halstead coming up here at 10.30. Three transfers in the last week. Zion Griffin, he is departing after a sophomore campaign. Terrence Lewis yesterday announcing his decision. Ken, when you look at this on the surface, and Caleb Grill the other, on the surface, three guys that weren't a big part of the future. They weren't superstar players. Where do you go with this? What, how, what is your read as you look at what's happening with the three transfers? Well, the the Caleb Grill transfer is the one that I think caught most people off guard. And, you know, Chris Williams ruined ruined Caleb Grill for me and I think a lot of uh, sports fans out there because every time Caleb Grill would be coming into the game, Chris would run to Twitter and post a a picture of somebody lighting up a grill. The grill is firing up type of thing, and that was good maybe the first or second time, but by uh, game 28, 29, or 30, it kind of got a little old. but I, Trent, I don't know how to read this. I mean, look, the next year is going to be a disaster. This year was a, uh, was a terrible year. Let's face it. Um, next year's not going to be any better. I seriously feel, and, and here's the other thing. Um, you know, with, with the economic changes and, uh, reset that sports is about to, um, go under, in my opinion, or be part of the, of the, of the reset with coaching salaries and et cetera, et cetera. It's not, I don't think, as easy as to, to get rid of Steve Prohm or get rid of whoever coach might be in, uh, on a hot seat right now because, you know, those buyouts that were, yeah, you swallow hard and you write the check for six, six million or whatever that number might be, right? You know, a couple of years ago, you might have been able to do that, but can you now, knowing that you got to pay a huge buyout and then again, come back and find a coach and pay him his salary? I, I think you have to get through this upcoming year. It's going to be a, you know, not a very good year, um, on, on paper. I mean, Bolton's coming back. Condit's coming back. Uh, Trey Jackson is coming back. Uh, the transfer Johnson, who we don't know if he's any good or not. Mm-hmm. Solomon Young certainly had his moments um, down the stretch, particularly in Big 12 play. He, he had some really good nights. Am I missing anybody? Halliburton's going to leave. Jacobson has graduated. Nixon has graduated. So Bolton, Condit, uh, Trey Jackson, Solomon Young, um, those are mainly, you know, those are the guys that the scholarship players, I don't think I'm missing a scholarly guy, but how are you going to fill all of these spots? And if you do fill all of these with, with guys that can play right away, uh, and, and then the, you know, if we do have a lack of summer practice when these guys are able to, you know, get into the gym and learn what it's like to, you know, to some of the ins and outs of your, you know, your new teammates, what's this going to look like once we get to the fall? It's going to be a long year. But, um, I mean, I hope we've seen the end of it. It would be the last thing they need is Solomon Young to say, you know what, enough's enough, or yeah. Trey Jackson to say, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't working out, or George Condit, who, you know, at six foot ten, you need that guy. Um, so I, I think that, 
it's sad. Uh, it's clearly going to be a another disappointing winter uh, in uh, in Ames. And you know, to be fair, they haven't been used to that over the last. Oh, certainly uh, the last decade or so. But, man, oh, man, I think they're going to hit rock bottom next year, Trent. Yeah, and the guy that I still at least would have concern about leaving would be Solomon Young. A, we have on the table at this time the possibility that guys are going to be exempted a one-time transfer waiver that people across the country can transfer. He's from California. He's got a sick mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's one regardless mm. of where he ends out out there would make a lot of sense. Remember the game they played up at Oregon State back in November? It was the first time that his mom had ever got to see him play yeah, a college basketball right. game in person. Senior year, close to home, around mom. That's one I, I think that still has to linger there. Not that he's unhappy at Iowa State, not that he's unhappy with minutes, but when you have an opportunity like that, you have a chance to play in front of your family that doesn't get to see you, I think that's got a way there. And then you're down to Javon Johnson, Rashier Bolton, George Conant, and Trey Jackson. Four guys back along with the incoming freshmen. And, and this freshman class, right? I, I get that there's excitement about the guys. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. I think most everybody is usually excited about their guys coming in. Xavier Foster, I don't want to say he's a developmental guy, but he's not an instant impact guy. He's not a guy that's going to walk onto campus game mm-hmm. one and he's going to be averaging 17 and 10 a game. That's not the type of player that he is. Blackwell, Dubar, Walker, the other three guys. I think guys. he's the one, right? Is Black is Blackwell the guy? He's, I mean, is he is he the one that's the have the biggest impact early? But we're talking about a player that's ranked one forty three. No, I get twenty four. So you know, it's yeah. they beat right. out Florida Gulf Coast, Oklahoma State, and Mississippi State. They're not beating Kansas and Duke for Dudley Blackwell either. Nice player, good player. Might come in and be a solid mm-hmm. player. But to think that this guy is going to be the one as a freshman that's going to jump in there and average fifteen right. a game. In the Big 12, it's not likely. They need a huge influx here. They need ready-made transfers, and that market is so different than it was a decade ago when Hoiberg started to do that. I don't think those guys are going to end up at Iowa State. No, there's competition for these players now, Trent. There are, there's, it's, it's just a fact of life. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't know what kind of roster he's going to be able to field next year or put out there, but... Um, but they won five five games in conference. They lost twenty games for the first time since the seventies. Crying, I was in high school the last time <laughs> Iowa State lost twenty games in a season. Uh, so, and next year I think it's going to be worse. And you take a look at this roster. Look at some of the guys that we talked about that left. I don't think we're surprised that Terrence Lewis or Griffin decided to leave. We know what decision Tyrese Halliburton is going to make. That that uh, writing's been on the wall since the beginning of the uh, season. Certainly after they got back from uh, from the Paradise Jam. Um, but if Condit decides to leave, or to your point. And that's something I hadn't even thought of now with, you know, with family members, with, you know, the literally millions of people that may get this disease. Does it, is it easier for some of these guys to go back and play closer to home? I would like to think that the NCAA would make that, um, certainly make that easier to do. But boy, oh boy, Trent. Um, Griffin, gone. Lewis, gone. Saw those coming. Did not see Caleb Grill who had his opportunity, still struggled to shoot the ball, but you know maybe the Big 12 was too much for him. Maybe it was. Maybe he would have been better off had TJ not left, or maybe he would have been better off following him out there. But Caleb Grill, at least defensively, when his shot wasn't going down over the last, you know, when he finally got those appreciable minutes, he was making an impact on the defensive end of the floor. That's, how, that's what I'll remember uh, about him. 
he had a push on at that end, and certainly late in the season when would have been easy for him to check out. It would have been easy for him to got to go the opposite direction. That wasn't the case, and that was good to see. Wonder where he's going to end up, and I wonder. Remember, he was committed to South Dakota State and T.J. Otzelberger. Yeah. If UNLV, if that would make sense, or if he's making a decision to let's go to a smaller school or just go somewhere closer to home, which could be the case too. Just there's so many factors that are out there. You just don't know, you know, how this is going to play out. But I saw a website yesterday. I clicked on it. It's college basketball transfers, and it has a list. And it's crazy with what's happening in our world and everybody's world. In these, high, in these college athletes' world, it is different. And guys are already making decisions. Guys are already announcing that they're transferring. And the market, it is saturated right now, even with everything going on in the world. Yeah, and, and, and there's going to be more of them, trans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we know, the transfer portal is going to fill up. And I guess that's the good news. But, you know, is, is it going to be as uh, – how difficult is it going to be to get some of these guys to pay a visit to your campus before they ultimately – make their decision. I mean, recruiting is, is, is going to change in the, certainly in the months to come. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, it's no more than that. But, you know, and this goes across every sport. I mean, look at the drafts that are coming up. These teams aren't going to have the ability to get these guys and do individual workouts. We've seen pro day and football. Uh, these have been canceled one after the other. I know Iowa canceled theirs. They were supposed to have a private affair. It even got too bad that they were, that they had to, uh, I, I don't think I saw postponed. I believe I saw canceled. How do you get these guys in for physicals or the team doctor? If you're going to invest, you know, uh, four years into a guy and pay him a, you know, a, a significant amount of money when you're going to draft him early in the draft, uh, how are you going to do these things? Will the NBA draft even happen in June? It's 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 a different world, and everything is just speculative at this point. No college basketball going on. This season. But CBS, did you see what they're doing coming up this weekend on big CBS KCCI here locally? Do you see what they're doing, Ken? I I did not. Tell me, what are they doing? They will be playing some of the best national championship games from years past. So tomorrow, it will be starting at 11 o'clock our time. The 82 national championship game, North Carolina, Michael Jordan against Georgetown. The MJ shot from the baseline. Then at 1 o'clock, it'll be the 83 national championship game. NC State, Houston. Of course, the alley-oop. Derek Wittenberg at the horn, getting it done there. Followed by the third game and the final game CBS has tomorrow. In fact, not a national championship game. If I would say to you, what is the best NCAA tournament basketball game of all time? Where do you go? Oh, my. I mean, there's so many best. I mean, it's, it's what's everybody's definition of best? Is a buzzer beater? Is there a big upset? Oh, Trent. Um, Memphis, Kansas was crazy. That was a good one. For so many reasons. That was the first one that popped into my head, and usually the first one that pops is 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 going to be your answer. I'll stick with that. I mean, there's so many. That, I'll stick with Memphis, Kansas. Well, that game will be played on Sunday. That'll be the first game that they play on CBS on Sunday. But the three o'clock game tomorrow. Duke, Kentucky, 1992 Elite Eight. Oh, my. From East Rutherford, New Jersey. Christian Layton at the horn, getting the turnaround, Jay, to go. That one. And I remember mm. vividly listening to that game on the radio. We were in Mason City for some godforsaken reason, probably shopping over there or something, coming home, getting mm. them to 
turn on the radio to basketball. No, we're not listening to music. Trent wants to listen to sports in the backseat, listen to that game, and then getting in for about 10 minutes left of the second half of the game and into overtime. So that'll be Duke-Kentucky Sunday, Kansas-Memphis 2008 National Championship. Virginia, Texas Tech, last year's title game at 1 o'clock Sunday. Hell of a game. Villanova, North Carolina, the national championship game from 2016. Chris Jenkins at the buzzer. That will be the 3 o'clock game on Sunday. So little hoops for you and some good memories coming up this weekend on CBS. So how many of those will you watch? Uh, bits and pieces. Two young kids. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be bits and pieces. I'm not going to sit down start to finish. If I... If I had to choose one, though, to start to finish, it's, it's that Duke-Kentucky game. That, that would be the one. Yeah. That's the one I'm going to put on the DVR and probably watch it maybe Saturday night, have a couple of cold ones after the kids go to bed, and uh, rewind <laughs> through that one because that game, I want to see if my memories, and I've seen documentaries about it. I, I've read stories, oral histories, the long forms, those type of things about this game. But I just want to see how well my memories and what I've read throughout the years matches up with what you actually see out there on the floor. And everything changes. There's, a, oh my God, I forgot all about that type of moment. And there's going to be many of those mm-hmm. as you sit down and watch this thing. Or there's something that you do vividly remember, and it backs up the fact that you know that that did grab a place in your brain and has been stored there for the uh, since the game was played. I think it's a good idea. Look, they have to fill content right yep. there. Everybody's scrambling for content right now. Uh, NBCSN this weekend is actually going to carry live racing. <laughs> just a just a typical race card from a couple of tracks, a couple of the few tracks that remain open, and broadcast those in HD. They're just trying to find programming. I mean, can you imagine what True TV is 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 trying to do? Trying to scramble into you know to fill the, all of those spots. Um, everybody that had this or what they thought they had. They're, they're programming locked down for the next three weeks. Everybody's got to make some adjustments. So good for CBS. For, look, I think it'll draw a pretty good number. I Probably. do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're looking for anything, and they're great games to go along with it. Also, CBS Sports Network, who you can find on DirecTV, what is that, 221? For CBS, 221, yeah, yep. CBS Sports Network. They're going to be replaying games starting Sunday night, basically, after you get through these games on big CBS all the way through next week. And the team we're going to be talking about today will be spotlighted Wednesday at 3 a.m. Mm. This is one you might have to set the DVR for. You and I against Kansas from 2010. That one in its entirety at 3 a.m. Wednesday, March 25th. So get out your guide when you get home today or just do it right now if you can. And uh, flip it on. Get that one set as we're going to talk about that game coming up here today later on. And excited to talk with Alif Ropanesh. That's going to be fun at 1120. Yeah, it really is, Trent. It was a remarkable, uh, a remarkable run by that team. I was, uh, I was in St. Louis for the Valley Conference tournament. And one of the biggest regrets for me, anyways, was, you know, we got back from St. Louis and Joel McRae had said to, uh, to, uh, to Peralta and myself, um, so maybe he didn't quit then. I'm pretty sure he, uh, you know what it was? It was at the Sweet 16 he did. So yes, he wanted to send us to Oklahoma City. Some one of the UNI sponsors in the market jumped up and jumped on board and says, we, we want you to cover this thing. We need, we want you down there. 
And I came up with some excuse, <laughs> and I begged out of Shockers. it because you know who wants to see uh, who wants to see Kansas beat you and I by forty, right? <laughs> You're telling me you want me to go all the way down there and see you and I get beat by thirty. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to watch it at home. But Matt, why don't you go? So Peralt went. Mm-hmm. Peralt went and covered the and, and did his portion of the show from down there, and I stayed home and. Uh, he saw that unfold in person, and then I jumped. I scraped my knees as I jumped back onto the UNI bandwagon and met them in St. Louis for the Sweet 16. But yeah, remarkable team. Uh, just a, uh, so many dudes on that team: Lucas O'Rear and those sideburns, and Farouk Manesh and uh, Kajoa Heligbun, of course, the Cook brothers. Um, um, Eagle Cedar, I'm probably missing Johnny Moran is yes. on that team. Who am I missing, Trent? Well, they were incredibly I think I got deep. Most of them, yeah, you do. Well, they played really nine deep because Adam Cook was the MVC Player of the Year that year. Jake Cook was yep. a freshman on that team that season. His name's mm-hmm. going to come up as uh, we're going to go through the different guys. You mentioned O'Rear, right? Uh, O'Rear, and just how good he was for that squad off the bench. Oh, I'm trying to think. It was about nine deep. Kerwin Dunham. There you go. Going by Ray Farrar. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kajoa Helig, yep. Adam Cook, Eagle Cedar, Farouk Manesh, Moran, O'Rear, Jake Cook, Kerwin Dunham, Mark Sonnen. There's another one. Also, Anthony yep. James was Good a freshman one. on that team. He played a, a quite a few minutes there. This was not only a really good mid-major team. This was an incredibly deep mid-major team. That's something you rarely, rarely see. No, and you know what I remember about Anthony James, too? He's from St. Louis, right? Was, I know yep, he is. I'm yep. positive he's from St. Louis because at the practice before the uh, before the games, he had a ton of family members there, and I had no idea who he was. I don't think he played. He played limited minutes, mm-hmm. I think, in St. Louis. Um, but here's this kid. He wasn't very big. He's like six foot, maybe, six mm-hmm. one, five eleven, somewhere around there. And I remember him putting on a show, and I'm sure he did it because his family was there, at St. Louis, um, at the dome, the day uh, the day of practice, and I'm looking at this kid, and he's six foot tall, maybe 165, 170 pounds, soaking wet, and dunking the ball, Trent. <laughs> the athleticism that James was uh, that was James was born or gifted with. I couldn't believe that a kid this size was able to get up and do the things that he did. And you know, again, is his he had an entire group. Because uh, they let everybody in to watch practice, right, at the NCAA tournament. And it's open to the public the day beforehand. And uh, he had a bunch of people there. And, my God, he put on a show. Looking forward to that. That conversation coming your way at 11 o'clock with our deep dive, followed by Ali Farouk Banesh at 11.20. We're coming back on the other side. More on Iowa State. We're going to talk with Alex Halstead from CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Get his perspective. The three transfers, also some football recruiting news. Brody Brecht from up in Ankeny, Ken's neck of the woods. He's announced his final twos, had some big national offers. He's staying local, down to two, Iowa and Iowa State. Where do the Cyclones stand? We'll talk with Alex about that next as we come back. Miller and Condon. Condon. Miller County continues, 1460 KXNO, now 106.3 FM. Let's get into it right now. Time to talk some Cyclones here on a Friday. Alex Halstead joining us, 24-7 Sports at CycloneAlert.com. Alex, Trent, and Ken back here in Des Moines. How are you handling things? Well, I think we talked about this last week. You kind of self-quarantine yourself all the time, so not quite as big of a deal for you, right? 
Yeah, I work from home quite a bit, especially this time of year. Once once basketball season's over, you know, March through July uh, ends up being quite a bit of work from home with uh, recruiting and stuff. But I was looking forward to being able to, you know, spend a little bit more time in Ames and at the, um, you know, around the Berkson football complex in the next six weeks. You know, spring football is supposed to start next Tuesday, and we were going to get seven, eight media sessions, you know, talk with every position coach and players from each position and uh, get to see a practice. And I was excited to kind of do that. So uh, this this quarantine does affect me a little bit. You know, I was hoping to get out of the house a little bit more to be around there. And uh, as far as we know right now, you know, it doesn't look like spring ball was probably going to end up happening. No, it doesn't look that way. We'll see kind of the calendar, what they're going to do going forward. I want to get your uh, perspective first on basketball, though. Let's dive in. That is the most newsy items happening right now. Three transfers over the last week, Caleb Grill, Terrence Lewis, and Zion Griffin. A couple of uh, young guys in there, a couple of guys that you felt like were going to be at least part of the future plans going back to November right before the season. You had two freshmen that decided to leave the program even before there was a regular season game. So a lot of movement here. What is the reason for this? There's movement all the time in college basketball, but it feels like a lot is happening on Iowa State. Yeah, a lot's happening, and it's happening in a short time period here where you know Zion Griffin announced his decision to transfer on Monday. Caleb Grill announced his decision to transfer on Wednesday. And then yesterday, uh, I'm not sure if Terrence Lewis announced it, but you know I'd heard that he is also in the NCAA transfer portal. So in a span of four days, you have three players transfer out. Like you said, two of them this last year were underclassmen. And so... Um, I think, you know, a couple of them probably expected, you know, I, th- I don't think anyone's probably shocked to see Zion Griffin and Terrence Lewis uh, enter their names to the transfer portal and, and leave Iowa State. You know, you look at both of those situations. I mean, how many times did me and you and, and Ken talk on the radio um, in recent months about why Terrence Lewis's minutes were so inconsistent? You know, there were days that he would, um, you know, score 14, and then the next week he would, you know, hardly play. And so uh, that was talked up multiple times through coaches' decisions. And when you start hearing that word, um, you start to you know get the impression that maybe something like this could happen. You know, we speculated about his name. I think the same thing for Zion Griffin. You know, um, there was uh, a game. Uh, there was the Texas game. Iowa State blew them out. They emptied the bench. All four walk-ons came in. The only guy that didn't take his um, you know warm-ups off was Zion Griffin. Combs said after the game, it wasn't an injury. It was a coach's decision. And so, two coach decisions with those players. I think there were obviously some sort of internal stuff where. Whether they didn't see the eye to eye or whatever, those two aren't surprising. I think the Caleb Grill one is a surprising one. You talk about a kid who talked about how he grew up an Iowa State fan for a good chunk of his life, um, and you know, started the last two games. His minutes were starting to increase by all accounts. You know, Proman talked about how he's excited for both him and Trey Jackson to take strides this offseason. So that's the one that's maybe a little bit more expected from the outside. Uh, but obviously, you know, maybe he wasn't happy with with various things, and so you know, he's the third player this week to uh, leave the program and. Uh, Numbers-wise, you know, that's for sure five guys gone when you talk about those three and two gra- graduations uh, with Michael Jacobson and, and uh, Prentice Nixon. And that could become six if and when Tyrese Halliburton declares for the NBA draft. So another offseason overhaul for them. Yeah, and it's clearly more of a, uh, a a win at this point with Halliburton. Alex, I know that uh, at the end of the year, you know, the, the head coach has all of the players in individually, and they talk about, you know, how what the what what the season that they just uh, came through what that was like and they go over that and then they look forward with some expectations perhaps with some uh, some things that they would like to see done differently and they patch things up if there happen to be 
you know, a, a moment or two that happened during the season. So I'm assuming that Grill and Prome had that meeting. And like you, I think everybody was caught off guard that Caleb Grill, who seemingly uh, had an opportunity here with, when you look at what was remaining on that roster to see his minutes go up significantly. What, what do you think is behind it? Is there a disconnect there between Prome and some of the players on this roster? I think there was probably a disconnect with, with Prome and Griffin and Lewis and, and Prome was, you know, kind of public about that. Obviously, you know, we talk about coaches' decisions, but also, you know, when he would talk about Terrence Lewis, because I mean, there was a, a point among fans and so, you know, he would get asked about it by us at times. And, um, he said that, you know, he was trying to work with them both on the court and off the court, you know, something like maturity and different things. And so, you know, there were obviously a disconnect, but one that he was at, at times at least trying to pass, you know, Caleb Grill from everything we know. I mean, there was no kind of off the court stuff. There was no, uh, lack of effort from him. I think that was probably the one thing people pointed to the most was that this kid worked hard, you know, because he didn't he didn't play very well offensively most of the year. You know, I think he shot you know, thirty or thirty one percent or something from the field, twenty five percent from three. I mean, he was not an offensive weapon, but Prome still went to him because he worked hard and you know he he at least battled defensively. And so I think that's what's surprising is that you know yes he needed development and and all those things, but. You know, with the numbers, he was going to have more opportunity again next year. You know, right now, when you look at this situation, let's assume Tyrese Halliburton does declare for the NBA draft. You know, they're going to have four players right now, assuming no more attrition, they have four players returning next year who played next year, and then you added Javon Johnson. So you have five guys from your roster last year uh, that return next year right now. You know, you have three open scholarships. You're bringing in four freshmen. Uh, you would have four open scholarships, um, you know, if and when Tyrese Halliburton declares. So it's going to be a completely different roster. And Caleb Grill would have been right in the mix of guys who could, you know, have some Big 12 experience and, and contribute. So that's probably, like you said, the one that probably catches people the most off guard. Are you hearing anything in terms of uh, the possibility the Big Ten has come out and saying that all players, football, basketball, should be granted a one-time waiver in order to be eligible to play right away if they decide to transfer? Any movement on that, any possibility and with what's happening now across the country and because of what's going on with COVID-19, has that moved to the back burner? Is that still a possibility for this upcoming sports year? Yeah, it does seem like that talk's been quieted in favor of the talk of should spring athletes uh, get another year mm-hmm. of eligibility. It's, you know, that's kind of become to the forefront right now, you know, for you know people who are track athletes or softball players or the players who are most affected. I think they've pretty much already ruled out that. If you played basketball last year, you're probably not getting another year of eligibility. But if you're going to miss your spring season, um, they think you probably should. And so that's kind of become the kind of the talking point. But that transfer thing is still kind of lingering. I don't know. I think there are going to be meetings about that this spring. But who knows if, if those are pushed back. But, you know, that's kind of the big question that lingers in the air for Iowa State in general, whether it's because they want to go get transfers um, or whether it's because they need to see if they're going to be immediately eligible. Like I said, you know, right now they've got three scholarships open. They would have a fourth if Tyrese Halliburton goes to the NBA as expected. And right now, recruiting is you know limited. It's basically over the phone or text because there's no on or off campus recruiting until at least April 15th, and we don't know you know how much longer that could extend as uh, this kind of continues to unfold. So it's kind of hard for Iowa State to go out there and get grad transfers or sit out transfers. You know they've offered a new JUCO recently, um, but they're going to have several needs, and this is not the best offseason to have to go get four new players. Yeah, no doubt about that. And as Trent mentioned, that certainly would open up a, a whole bunch more doors if indeed that waiver is granted by the NCAA that, 
you know, you can play, you can play immediately. You can have a one-time transfer where you don't have to sit out. And I think eventually we were going to get to that point in college sports. But you know, as Trent and I, you, Trent, we, we talked earlier about some of the things that uh, changes in sports that um, uh, that the coronavirus may lead to. Maybe this is one of those that uh, it might speed up the process where you know transfers do get a one-time waiver to do that without sitting out. Well, let's go to football, Alex Trent, unless you have another basketball uh, question. Um, spring football with Iowa State. I mean, th- nobody knows. We have absolutely no idea if this is ever, if this is even going to take place. Have you heard, Alex, contingency plans maybe to, and it would be an extended, almost a two month of fall camp if they can have, you know, the month of July, at least maybe the first three weeks of July, assuming the world is back to, you know, close to what it was. Uh, prior to the shutdown of anything, might July be where we see air quote spring football? Then a couple of weeks before you get back into fall camp. Have you heard anything along those lines? Yeah, I haven't heard contingency plans yet. I think right now everyone's kind of in the status quo in the situation of you know the Big Twelve said you know schools cannot have uh, any kind of you know off season practices until uh, at least March 29th, and so Iowa State was supposed to begin practice next week, March 24th. The expectation, I don't think they've come out and changed that date yet, as some conferences have, but you know, the expectation is that, that March 29th will end up getting pushed later or completely saying you can't have you know, spring practices. And so I think right now everybody's kind of just waiting to see what that date becomes, what happens in the next week or two. Um, but I would say it's for sure delayed. And like you said, you know, once you get to April, you, know, you have four or five weeks before the semester is over. And so it's going to be difficult, I think, to squeeze it in. I do know right now they're still going through winter workouts. They're still, um, you know, doing stuff in the weight room and, and that sort of thing out on the, you know, field in terms of the small group sessions that they can still do. Um, so they're still doing some stuff, but you're not getting the, you know, 15 practices, the three or four scrimmages. Uh, I think it's just three scrimmages that you get in the spring. Um, they're not getting any of that. And so that's going to be the question is pretty much no team in college football is getting that. A few teams maybe started the week before all this kind of really turned up. I mean, so they might have got a couple practices, but you know, teams always get a few hours per week to do stuff in June, July, and I'll be interested to see if this really all gets pushed off. You know, is the NCAA or willing to, or, or do teams want to, you know, add a few practices in June or July uh, before fall camp begins in August? Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. Alex, thank you as always for your time. Stay safe out there, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. I'm sure with new, more news that continues to come out from ISU. Thank you, Alex. Yep, thanks, guys. Quick timeout. Coming back on the other side with more Miller and Condon taking you home until noon here. 1460 KXO, and now 106.3 FM. Beacon Building. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX at 106.3 FM. Trent Condon here. Ken Miller with us in Ankeny. Ken, we got some sports news and some positive sports news, perhaps, depending on your perspective. The big three, three-on-three summer basketball league that has gone on the last couple of seasons, they are going to be putting together, these are former NBA players, European players and the like, guys that are older for the most part. They play three-on-three basketball. It's entertaining. I've watched it a few times. I've always got a kick out of it and seen some of the the guys in their late 30s, early 40s out there trying to make a go of it. But uh, they are coming together with a reality-style TV show where about 20 players are going to come together, live in a house together, kind of Big Brother style, and then also going to be playing basketball games on top of it. I'm all for it. 
content? Yes, let's do it. Yeah, can you? Will you be able to bet on it? I guess that's oh, the next yeah. question. So, <laughs> so is this kind of like an MTV thing, Trent? Uh, isn't there a show on MTV where there are a bunch of, I guess, kids or you know, young adults live in a house together, yeah. but they're all going to be quarantined together, right? Right? They're going to live together. They're going to film that portion of them living together in their, I guess, wherever they're sequestered, and then they're going to play the games and go back to the house and some of the stuff that took place on the floor. Will that carry back over to the house? I mean. It's content, right? And thank you for to uh, Brian Widener. I hope I'm saying his last name uh, correctly for passing that on to us on our Miller and Condon Twitter feed. But that uh, might be fun to watch. At least give it a, give it a whirl. What else are we go- What are we going to miss by watching that? The answer is nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And uh, yeah, the big three. I will be watching a ton of that. We got an hour in the books. When we come back, hour two. A lot on. Our rewind, our daily rewind as we look back at the great teams in our state's history. Up today, the 2009-2010 UNI basketball team, Sweet 16, a win over the number one overall seed, Kansas. We'll talk about that season. And then Ali Farouk one of the stars of the team, will join us at 1120. All to come.